0: chapter nine of the old maids club by israel Zangwill. this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine of wives and their mistresses no no said miss eustasia palace you misapprehend me it is not because it would be necessary to have a husband and a home of one's own that i object to marriage but because it would be impossible to do without servants while a girl lives at home she can cultivate her soul while her mother attends to the menage but after marriage the higher life is impossible you must have servants you cannot do your own dirty work not merely because it is dirty but because it is the thief of time you can hardly get literature music and religion adequately into your life even with the whole day at your disposal but if you had to make your own bed too I am afraid you wouldn't find time to lie on it. Then why object to servants? inquired Lily. Because servants are the asphyxiators of the soul. But for them, I should long since have married. I do not quite follow you. Surely, if you had servants to relieve you of all the grosser duties, the spiritual could then claim your individual attention. Ah, that is a pretty theory. It sounds very plausible in practice alas it does not work like the servants i have kept my eyes open almost from the first day of my life i have observed my mother's household and other people's i speak of the great middle classes mainly and my unalterable conviction is that every faithful wife who aspires to be housekeeper too becomes the servant of her servants they rule not only her but all her thoughts her life circles round them she can talk of nothing else whether she visits or is visited servants are the staple of her conversation their curious habits and customs their love affairs their latches their impertinences these gradually become the whole food of thought ousting every higher aim and idea i have watched a girl my bosom friend at girton deteriorate from a maiden to a wife from a wife to a bondswoman. First she talked Shelley, then Charlie, then Mary Ann. Gradually her soul shrank. She lost her character. She became a mere parasite on the servants' kitchen, a slave to the cook's drink and the housemaid's followers. Those who knew my mother before she was married speak of her as a bright, bonny girl, all enthusiasm and energy, interesting herself in all the life of her day and even taking a side in politics but when i knew her she was haggard and narrow she never read nor sang nor played nor went to the academy the greatest historical occurrences left her sympathies untouched she did not even care whether australia or england conquered at cricket or whether browning lived or died you could not get her to discuss whistler or the relations of greek drama to gaiety burlesque or any other subject that interests ordinary human beings she did not want a vote she did not want any alteration in the divorce laws she did not want russia to be a free country or the empire to be federated she did not want darkest england to be supplied with lamps she did not want the working classes to lead better and nobler lives she did not want to preserve the commons or to abolish the house of lords she did not want to do good or even to be happy all she wanted was a cook or a housemaid or a coachman as the case might be and she was perpetually asking all her acquaintance if they knew of a good one or had heard of the outrageous behavior of the last in her early married days my father's income was not a twentieth of what it is to-day and so she was fairly happy with only one servant to tyrannize over her but she always had hard mistresses even in those comparatively easy years poor mother one scene remains vividly stamped upon my mind we had a girl named selina who would not get up in the morning we had nothing to complain of in the time of her going to bed i think she went about nine but the earliest she ever rose was eight and my father always had to catch the eight-twenty train to the city, so you may imagine how much breakfast he got. My mother spoke to Selina about it nearly every day, and Selina admitted the indictment. She said she could not help it. She seemed to dream such long dreams and never wake up in the middle. My mother had had such difficulty in getting Selina that she hesitated to send her away and start hunting for a new Selina, but the case seemed hopeless. The winter came on, and we took to sending Selina to bed at six o'clock, that my father might be sure of a hot cup of coffee before leaving home in the morning. But she said the mornings were so cold and dark it was impossible to get out of bed, though she tried very hard and did her best. I think she spent only nine hours out of bed on the average. My father gave up the hope of breakfast, he used to leave by an earlier train and get something at a restaurant this grieved my mother very much she calculated it cost her a bonnet a month she became determined to convert selena from the error of her ways she told me she was going to appeal to selena's higher nature reprimand had failed but the soul that cannot be coerced can be touched that was in the days when my mother still read poetry and was semi-independent one bleak bitter dawn my mother rose shivering dressed herself and went down into the kitchen to the entire disconcertion of the chronology of the black beetles she made the fire and put the kettle on to boil and swept the kitchen she also swept the breakfast room and lighted the fire and laid the breakfast then she sat down put on a saintly expression and waited for selina an hour went by but selina did not make her appearance the first half hour passed quickly because my mother was busy thinking out the exact phrases in which to touch her higher nature. It required tact, a single clumsy turn of language, and she might offend Selina instead of elevating her. It was really quite a literary effort, the adequate expression of my mother's conception of the dignity and pathos of the situation. In fact, it was that most difficult branch of literature, the dramatic for my mother constructed the entire dialogue speaking for selina as well as for herself like all leading ladies especially when they write their own plays my mother allotted herself the tag and the last words of the dialogue were there there my good girl dry your eyes the past shall be forgotten from to-morrow a new life shall begin come selina drink that nice hot cup of tea don't cry and let it get cold, that's right. The second half-hour was rather slower, my mother listening eagerly for Selina's footsteps and pricking up her ears at every sound. The mice ran about the wainscoting, the kettle sang blithely, the little flames leaped in the grate, the kitchen and the breakfast-room were cheerful and cosy and redolent of the goodly savours of breakfast. A pile of hot toast lay upon a plate, only selina was wanting all at once my mother heard the hall door bang and running to the window she saw a figure going out into the gray freezing fog it was my father hurrying to catch his train in the excitement of the experiment my mother had forgotten to tell him that for this morning at least breakfast could be had at home he might have had such beautiful tea and coffee such lovely toast such exquisite eggs and there he was hastening along in the raw air on an empty stomach my mother rapped on the panes with her knuckles but my father was late and did not hear her own soul a little ruffled my mother sat down again in the kitchen and waited for selina gradually she forgot her chagrin after all it was the last time my father would ever have to depart breakfastless she went over the dialogue again polishing it up and adding little touches I think it was past nine when selina left her bedroom unwashed and rubbing her eyes by that time my mother had thrice resisted the temptation to go up and shake her and it was coming on a fourth time when she heard selina's massive footstep on the stair instantly my mother's irritation ceased she resumed her look of sublime martyrdom she had spread a nice white cloth on the kitchen table and selina's breakfast stood appetizingly upon it tears came into her eyes as she thought of how selina would be shaken to her depths at the sight selina threw open the kitchen door with a peevish push for she disliked having to get up early in these cold dark winter mornings and vented her irritation even upon insensitive woodwork but when she saw the deep red glow of the fire instead of the dusky chilliness of the normal morning kitchen she uttered a cry of joy and rushing forwards warmed her hands eagerly at the flame oh thank you missus she said with genuine gratitude selina did not seem at all surprised but my mother did she became confused and nervous she forgot her words as if from an attack of stage fright there was no prompter and so for a moment my mother remained speechless selina having warmed her hands sufficiently drew her chair to the table and lifted the cosy from the teapot why you've let it get cold she said reproachfully feeling the side of the pot this was more than my mother could stand it's you that have let it get cold she cried hotly now this was impromptu gag AND MY MOTHER WOULD HAVE DONE BETTER TO CONFINE HERSELF TO THE REHEarsed DIALOGUE. Oh, MISSES, CRIED SELINA, HOW CAN YOU SAY THAT? WHY, THIS IS THE FIRST MOMENT I'VE COME DOWN. YES, SAID MY MOTHER, GLADLY SEIZING THE OPPORTUNITY OF SLIPPING BACK INTO THE TEXT. SOMEBODY HAD TO DO THE WORK, SELINA. IN THIS WORLD NO WORK CAN GO UNDONE. IF THOSE WHOSE DUTY IT IS DO NOT DO IT, IT MUST FALL ON THE SHOULDERS OF OTHER PEOPLE that is why i got up at seven this morning instead of you and have tidied up the place and made the master's breakfast that was real good of you exclaimed selina with impulsive admiration my mother began to feel that the elaborate set-piece was going off in a damp sort of way but she kept up her courage and her saintly expression and continued it was freezing when i got out of my warm bed and before I could get the fire alight here, I almost perished with cold. I shouldn't be surprised if I laid the seeds of consumption. Ah, said Selina, with satisfaction, now you see what I have had to put up with. She took another piece of toast. Selina's failure to give the cues extremely disconcerted my mother. Instead of being able to make the high moral remarks she had intended, she was forced to invent repartees on the spur of the moment the ethical quality of these improvisations was distinctly inferior but you are paid for it i'm not she retorted sharply i know that is why i say it is so good of you replied selina with inextinguishable admiration but you'll reap the benefit of it now that i've had my breakfast without any trouble i shall be able to go about my work a deal better it's such a struggle to get up i assure you missus it tires me out for the day might i have another egg my mother savagely pushed her another egg i'm thinking it would be a good plan said selina meditatively opening the egg with her fingers if you would get up instead of me every morning but perhaps that was what you were thinking of oh you would like me to would you said my mother i should be very grateful i should indeed said selina earnestly and i'm sure the work would be better done there don't seem to be a speck of dust anywhere she rubbed her dirty thumb admirably along the dresser and i'm sure the tea and toast are lots nicer than any i've ever made my mother waved her hand deprecatingly but selina continued oh yes you know they are you've often told me i was no use at all in the kitchen i don't need to be told of my shortcomings missus all you say of me is quite true you would be ever so much more satisfied if you cooked everything yourself i'm sure you would and what would you do under this beautiful scheme inquired my mother with withering sarcasm i hadn't thought of that yet said selina simply but no doubt if i looked around carefully i should find something to occupy me i couldn't be long out of work i feel sure well that was how my mother's attempt to elevate selena by moral means came to be a fiasco the next time she tried to elevate her it was by physical means my mother left the suburb and moved to a london flat very near the sky she had given up hopes of improving selena's matutinal habits and made the breakfast hour later through my father having now no train to catch but she thought she would cure her of followers. Selina's flirtations were not confined to our tradespeople and the local constabulary. She would exchange remarks about the weather with the most casual pedestrian in trousers. My mother thought she would remove her from danger by raising her high above all earthly temptations. We made the tradesmen send up their goods by lift, and the only person she could flirt with was the old lift attendant." my father grumbled a good deal in the early days because the lift was always at the other extreme when he wanted it but selina's moral welfare came before all other considerations by and by they began to renovate the exterior of the adjoining mansion they put up a scaffolding which grew higher and higher as the work advanced and men swarmed upon it at first my mother contemplated them with equanimity because they were british workingmen and we were nearest heaven but as the months went by they began to get nearer and nearer there came a time when selina's smile was distinctly visible to the man engaged on the section of the scaffolding immediately below that smile encouraged him it seemed to say excelsior he was a veritable don juan that laborer at every flat he flirted with the maiden possession By counting the stories in our mansion, you could calculate the number of his amours. With every rise, he left a love passage behind him. He was a typical man, always looking higher, and, when he had raised himself to a more elevated position, spurning yesterday's love from beneath his feet. He seemed to mount on broken hearts. And now he was aspiring to the highest of all, Selina. Oh, it is cruel, my mother had secluded selina like a virgin princess in an enchanted inaccessible tower and yet here was the prince calmly scaling the tower without any possibility of interference long before he had reached the top the consumption of bass in our flat went up by leaps and bounds selina my mother ultimately discovered used to lower the bier by strings it appeared moreover that she had two strings to her bow for a swain in a slouch hat had been likewise climbing the height at an insidious angle which had screened him from my mother's observation hitherto neither of these men did much work but it made them very thirsty that destroyed the last vestige of my mother's faith in selina's soul like all disappointed women she became crabbed and cynical when my father's rising fortunes brought her more and more under the dominion of servants the exposure and outmanoeuvring of her taskmasters came to be the only pleasure of her life she spent a great deal of time in the police courts the constant prosecution she suffered from curtailed the last relics of her leisure everybody has heard of the law's delay but few know how much time prosecutors have to lose hanging about the court waiting for their case to be called when a servant robbed her my mother rarely got off with less than seven days the moment she had engaged a servant she became morbidly suspicious of him or her often when she had dressed for dinner it would suddenly strike her that if she ransacked a certain cupboard something or other would be discovered and off she would go to spoil her spotless silks she had a mania for spring cleanings once a month so as to keep the drones busy often i would bring a friend home only to find the dining-room in the hall and the drawing-room on the landing and yet to the end she retained a certain guileless girlish simplicity a fresh fund of hope which was not without a charm and pathos of its own to the very last she believed that faultless flawless servants existed somewhere and she didn't intend to be happy till she got them so that it was said of her by my sister's intended that she passed her life on the doorstep, either receiving an angel or expelling a fiend. It showed what a fine trustful nature had been turned to gall. She is at rest now, poor mother, her life's long slavery ended by the soft touch of all-merciful death. Let us hope she has opened her sorrow-stricken eyes on a brighter land, where earthly distinctions are annulled, and the poor heavy-laden mistress may mix on equal terms with the radiant parlour-maid and the buxom cook. The tears were in Lily's eyes as Miss Eustasia Pallis concluded her affecting recital. "'But don't you think,' said the President, conquering her emotion, "'that with such an awful example in your memory you could never yourself sink to such a serfage, even if you married?' "'I dare not trust myself,' said Eustasia.' i have seen the fall of too many other women why should i expect immunity from the general fate i think myself strong but who can fathom her own weakness why i have actually been talking servants to you all the time think how continuous is the temptation how subtle were it not better to possess my soul in peace and to cultivate it nobly and wisely and become a shining light of the higher spinsterhood eustasia passed the preliminary examination and also the viva voce and lily was again in high feather but before the election was formally confirmed she was chagrined to receive the following letter my dear miss dulcimer i have good news for you knowing your anxiety to find for me a way out of my matrimonial dilemma I am pleased to be able to inform you that it has been found by my friend and literary adviser percy Swinshell spat the well-known philosopher and idealist i met him writing down his thoughts in bond street in the course of a dialogue upon the beautiful i put my puzzle to him and he solved it in a moment why must you keep a servant he asked for it is his habit to question every statement he does not make why not rather keep a mistress become a servant yourself and all your difficulties vanish it was like a flash of lightning yes i said when i had recovered from the dazzle but that would mean separation from my husband why he replied with his usual habit in many houses they prefer to take married couples ah but where should i find a man of like mind a man to whom leisure for the cultivation of his soul was the one great necessity of life it is a curious coincidence eustasia he replied that i was just myself contemplating keeping a master and retiring into a hermitage below stairs to devote myself to philosophical contemplation as a butler or a footman in a really aristocratic establishment my duties would be nominal and the other servants and my employers would attend to all my wants. Abstract speculation would naturally endue me with the grave silence and dignity which seem to be the chief duties of these superior creatures. It is possible, Eustasia, that I am not the first to perceive the advantages of this way of living, and that plush is but the disguise of the philosopher. As for you, Eustasia, you could become a parlour-maid, thus we should live together peacefully with no sordid housekeeping cares no squalid interests in rates or taxes devoted heart and soul to the higher life you light up for me perspectives of paradise i cried enthusiastically then let us get the key of the garden at once he replied rapturously and turning over a new leaf of his philosophical notebook, he set to work then and there to draw up the advertisement wanted by a young married couple etc of course we had to be a little previous because i could not consent to marry him unless we had a situation to go to we were only putting what the greek grammars call a propoletic construction upon the situation well it seems good servants are so scarce we got a place at once the exact thing we were looking for we are concealing our real names lest the profession be overrun by jealous friends from noonham and girton and oxford and cambridge so that i was able to give percy a character and percy to give me a character we are going into our place next monday afternoon so to avoid obtaining the situation by false pretenses we shall have to go before the registrar on the monday morning our honeymoon will be spent in the delightful and unexploited retreat of the back kitchen Yours in the Higher Sisterhood, Eustacia Palace. End of chapter 9